0: Welcome back. I'm Peter Wood, and I'm the author of Mud Between Your Toes, a Rhodesian Farm, which is a memoir about my life growing up in Zimbabwe, or formerly Rhodesia, in the 1960s and 70s. This is a podcast about family, independence, loss, and above all, identity. So I'm here in Zimbabwe visiting my family and sitting here on my mother's beautiful veranda watching a pair of African weaver birds building nests in a giant tree fern. They're desperately trying to impress their mates and not doing very well. Anyway, I thought that this was an ideal time to have a second conversation with my mum Libby. So mum, welcome back to Conversations with Peter Wood. Hi, Pete. Now, last time we spoke about gardens. This time, it's gonna be slightly different. We're gonna talk about women at war. Now, the war hit our part of the country particularly bad in the mid-1970s. I remember 1978 and 1979 were just incredibly bad years for the farmers in your district. And a lot of the time, the men were away. But the the women, you know, are very much the um, unsung heroes in many ways. And the women really very much played their part, didn't they?
1: Absolutely. You know, we were on our own and... We used to have to go up to Superlilio for radio duty and run the farm, which I didn't do very well, I might say.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> and 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 in, in the very early days, you did first aid, um, and that was the sort of first thing you had to learn, Your all your ABCs and everything like that. Do you remember your yes, ABCs? Yes, I did. Um, what were they?
1: Val Grossmith taught us everything. Absolutely amazing and um... <laughs> Do you want me to tell me when we? You remember
0: your ABCs. Yeah. Airways. Airways, Bleeding. bleeding. Breathing. Breathing. And the airways is there first, then bleeding, and then then chest and cavity, and then D was documentation and drugs, and E was evacuation. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm going off. uh, One, uh, you used to go to. You did some first aid sessions at the doctor's place in Mbukwe's village, and I was still at junior school at Mbukwe's junior school then, and I remember, uh, you know, you telling me the story, all of you first aiders were sitting around a table having tea in the doctor's um, office, and suddenly there was this bloody big crash outside, and this car had crashed, and you all ran outside, Now there were these kids, school kids from the school, lying over the road, weren't they, with guts and blood hanging out?
1: It was was all... um They were beautiful wounds, all false wounds and things. And you didn't know that they were false? we we got the fright of our lives. We thought they'd all been... But it was an exercise and it was absolutely brilliant because then we all had to... And do what we were supposed to do. Yeah, and and you know, the
0: incredible thing is they made a bit of a balls up there, didn't they? Because one of the kids lying on the road was the child of one of the women doing the first stage. That's she, right. She nearly had a bloody heart attack. Yeah,
1: that's right.
0: You know, but anyway, you learn quickly, don't you? <laughs> yeah. And 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 then the other thing that you had to learn quite quickly was target practice. You had uh, to learn how to shoot, shoot. and how to. Um, um, stripper, weapon. stripper weapons. Stripper weapon. the
1: magazine. There's, we had an AN.
0: And you f- hated filling the magazines with gu- uh, with bullets because you always broke your nails, didn't you? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right.
0: And, I mean, you 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 I mean, you were quite a good shot, weren't Not you? Not bad, yeah. But you preferred the automatic shotgun. Yeah. Uh, no, you preferred the Uzi, didn't oh, that's you? That's
1: right. I thought I was like Bonnie and Clyde. I thought it looked rather dashing.
0: But also because... Uh, Uh, the the FN and the shotgun used to bruise your shoulder. Oh,
1: the FN gave a kick like a mule, and my shoulder was always bruised from it, so you couldn't wear a nice halter halter neck dress or anything like that because my shoulder was full of bruises. But, I mean, it was quite incredible. It was quite a sort
0: of like a jamboree. All the women used to dress up, and they used to be on their hands and knees at the firing range, stripping weapons. and uh, Dressed to kill. I think they all sort of fancied the... <laughs> police officer who trained you what was his name Andy Lang Andy Lang what was it was he a district yeah he was the officer
1: in D, charge. DC
0: or D, mm. what was it called yeah yeah and then afterwards you'd always go back and again have tea and scones yeah, and everything right. it was mm. quite a weird sort of mm. situation um and, and and then the other thing that uh we had in our houses um was a thing called an agricultural.
1: that's right.
0: You, I mean, you, you know, the agricollect was uh, it was attached to a car battery. So even if you had the power cut by the terrorists, you still had access ex- to ex- all the other farms the and dist- the police station in yeah, the whole district.
1: That's right. But. Uh, <clears throat> Every night, just about, there was some incident going on and we would wake up and the agricultural was on. But we got quite blasé towards the end of the war because sometimes I'd sit up in bed and, oh no, it's miles away in Horseshoe. And we turn over and go to sleep. That's how blase we got. Meanwhile, some poor family were being stomped all the time.
0: And if it, yeah, because if it wasn't near you, it didn't bother you. you Yeah, we got
1: so blase. I thought, well, thank God it's not us. And
0: everyone had a call sign. Our call call sign was Tango Whiskey 23. That's right. Yeah. Um, but that those agricultural saved lives oh, big time. And, and you could you could literally talk to the the housewife on the other end as the husband was, you could hear him firing yeah, out the window. Exactly. As a, and and you know, I think people don't understand when that, when those homesteads were attacked, they were attacked not just with uh, AK-47s but with RPGs, with Rockets? mortars. Mm. You know, it, it was a full-on bloody battle sometimes yeah, yeah. with, the, you know, with with the wife filling magazines, That's and, right. and only two people against That's a right. whole group mm. of trained terrorists mm. who had trained in China yeah. and North Korea. Yeah, and and, and but the, the 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 thing about that time, I noticed, you know, certainly as a kid growing up, is that you know, yes, the men were away on duty a lot, but you guys had to go on police, police reserve duty yourselves yes. at the main police camp, which yeah. was miles away. Yeah, it was you? three
1: nights a week. At Cipolilo. So, what did you do with us kids? Can't remember.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, we all survived somehow. I mean, you know, but but, I mean, you had some quite extraordinary stories when you were on police reserve duty. Oh, well,
1: I remember once, at the end, we had to be escorted up there because it was too dangerous for us to go there on our own. But I remember Myrtle Bentley was going up to Cipolilo once she was due on duty. And suddenly she looked at her bonnet and she thought, goodness, is it hailing? But she was in an ambush, she was being shot at. Anyway, she put her foot down, got to Sipalila and said, oh, I've just had the most terrible experience. And then Andy Lang, our gorgeous cop, came out and he said, Myrtle, look at this. And in her headrest... Well, it was full of about four bullet holes.
0: God, amazing, amazing. And and also, but the, the women, their duties were to man the radios, and that radio was for the whole of Operation... Uh, the whole of Mashonaland, yeah. really, wasn't it? So you were hearing things that were going oh, yeah. on all oh, yes. over. Mm. You know, it, was quite, it must have been quite exciting. And, and wasn't there a funny story with um, Alison?
1: Oh, Alison Worley birch You see, we were always taught radio procedure and if somebody was giving us a message uh, you'd say if you'd copied it down I would always say copied but Alison uh, um, or you could say Roger anyway Alison was um, getting this message from another black constable somewhere in the TTL and,
0: TTL being Tribal Trust yeah, Land.
1: And she was feeding him this information, this constable, and he kept saying, a Aroja. And in the end she said... And will you stop rogering me? And this went all over the country.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a funny story, you know. Uh, but there were some also awful ones, weren't they? I mean, there was a guy who worked in our district called John the Palm. Oh
1: yeah.
0: And um, who was on duty that day? That Roseanne was Rosanne Henderson. Henderson. And her husband was involved as, and our father, my father John, was involved in the same. Contacts.
1: Yeah, they were. Uh, they were a rocket came into their vehicle. A
0: rocket, as RPG. An
1: RPG rocket, and John, funnily enough, moved up one John, seat. The my, Johns, there so John, to... John, the three Johns. So we need. John Henderson, John the Palm, and John Wood, all in the. Yeah. Uh, in this vehicle, and literally a minute beforehand, John Wood, my husband, moved up one seat, and John the Palm moved up next to him. And as John the Palm sat down next to him, this rocket came through the vehicle and killed John the Palm. His arm came off and my John caught him. But it was literally one. But all that came, the only message we got, Roseanne was on duty saying, John has been killed. And we didn't know which John it was for ages.
0: My God, it must have been absolutely awful oh, for terrible. Alison as well, you know, being manning the radio. No, it was
1: Roseanne. Roseanne, sorry,
0: Roseanne. 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 Roseanne.
1: Yeah. And, um, and her own husband,
0: yeah. That's terrible. I do write about it in the book, so we won't go on okay. about John All the right. Pond, but it was a terrible mm. situation. And there were lots of terrible situations mm. like yeah. that, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, um, that Graham chap, what was his name? Yeah. And he was blinded yeah, in a contract. Right. I mean, there was yeah. some terrible, terrible, mm. um, you know, and th- and then you said there was a. a Another chap called Irvin.
1: Oh, I was on. There was so much going on when we uh, used to do our radio, and we used to have to write, write it all down. And uh, at, I think it was five o'clock or six o'clock in, in the evening. evening. the the radio duty on the radio girl on duty had to give what was called a sitrep, which is a situation report about all that happened during the day. Well, I was on one day, and it was just one thing after and next. But the first thing that happened when I went on duty at 7 o'clock, Bobby Irvin was in his land, and they were mortaring him. Anyway, he got away, and I wrote all that down. But so much went on during the day that when I did my sit trip to give it to everybody at 5 o'clock. I completely forgot um, (laughs) the Irvin incident because there'd been so many.
0: His was almost like... And
1: Andy Lang said, oh, you've forgotten Bobby Irvin. I said, oh, gosh, but there were so many things going on. Sorry. And then I had to go back again and say at 7 o'clock this morning, Bobby Irvin was mortared in his...
0: I don't think a lot of people realise just how uh, crazy it was during those, uh, especially those last few years of the war it you know really hot i mean it, it really yet. was you know mm. there was going there was a farm being attacked every night and yeah. and, and and i mean you, you you know But when you weren't on duty and the men were away often the women formed these lagers That's now right. for the for the listener who doesn't a lager was a a boar um uh, you know during the the the, the The boars in South Africa—they used to put their covered wagons in a circle, and that was called a lager. Well, in the modern day, it basically meant that all the women and kids got together in one house and defended themselves. And we had a ball, you know. And you had an absolute ball, and you all got pissed. And the kids were—kids were probably in the room right at the back, you know, (laughs) where you couldn't have helped anyway. But in fact, you didn't like going to those lagers. I mean, you preferred—you preferred preferred to just stay at home on your own with us kids. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a very really lonely, fair, and it was yeah. quite scary, you know. Mm. Especially when, you, when you, you got a power cut, and you never knew, was this a power cut? Because the, mm. the terrorists had cut the power, and they were coming up the hill to attack the house. Or was it a power cut because a tree had fallen over the line? That was terrifying. Mm. That I remember as a kid those power cuts and thinking, and you were waiting there with the gun to be attacked. Yeah, and and then it didn't come and it didn't come, and you think, okay, um, you know, um, it, uh, you know, but also even during the day it was dangerous. But I'll I'll come to that. You know, you going riding later? Um, uh, You know, but. You used to. There were a lot of contacts on our farm in the end, and you used to sit on your veranda Mm. and um, sometimes watch the helicopters Mm. coming down and shooting in the valley. And you said it was almost like apocalypse now, like in a Vietnam War. And you just sat there with a cup of tea, watching it going on. And in fact, one of those contacts. John Wood, your, you know, mm. your your husband, my father, was in one of those contacts, mm. and you were watching the helicopter yeah. shooting and mm. everything, and there were quite a few people killed yes, in that. It was. Uh, there were like five uh, insurgents and uh, terrorists killed in that contact, and there was one um, white farmer yeah, who was killed, and he was officially. The last farmer, I didn't know this when I heard about it at the time, he was officially the last farmer to be killed in that war. Yes, that's quite And right. then after that, there was an armistice or a peace that came in. Mm. Um,
1: I think his name was Francis, somebody Francis.
0: Right, OK. Mm-hmm. But, the, but um, going back to those sort of lagers, you know, where all the women got together, there was a, one particular incident I remember when we all went to the Harringtons and all the women, and the men were there. It was Christmas carols. That's right. The men were there. And then suddenly the agri alert went completely crazy and uh, uh, the, the, Dave Dolphin's place was attacked and someone else's place was attacked. And all the men just disappeared within minutes. They all disappeared to go off to fight the war. You know, it was a bit like Gone with the Wind. And then
1: suddenly, do you remember that, yes, time? Yes, I do, I do. And you read the lesson, I remember. Okay. And we were just left with the priest and we were all just the left women.
0: With the, with the priest and all the women. I mean, it, we were just, and the like, children. Uh, just like sitting ducks, actually. You know, And, and also, you got to remember that there were all dirt roads and there were landmines mm. on the roads. Mm. And every morning when you came out, you had to sort of look for landmines. Mm. You know, you looked for the so- if the soil had been disturbed. Yeah. although we never sort of found any on our farm, did we?
1: No, thank goodness. But, um, yeah. You, you used to go riding every morning yeah. as well. And I only found out afterwards, after the war, well, you know, they interviewed a lot of these terrorists and they said, oh, yes, we They used to see me go riding every day, so I don't know. I had a lucky angel. Or maybe they felt
0: that our farm, because our farm was wild, yeah. and a lot of people said that they used to like to come onto our farm because it was a bit like R and R, because they knew no one would ever find them in the bush because it was so yeah. Yeah. wild, you know. And that's why they didn't attack you because they felt they would have compromised yeah, their position, that's right. apparently. Yeah, there was a lot of camaraderie, wasn't there? You know, it was that people really got together. All
1: pulled together. But when the men were away, uh, the women had to run the farm, and I wasn't very good. And John had changed uh, his seed beds to another site, and. I was given this message, please will you go and see that the seed beds are watered? So I had to phone my son Duncan in Slough House at Prince Edward. And I said, Duncan, where are the seed beds? I've got to go and water them. I didn't. I, I,
0: I, no, you, no, but didn't you have a dream that John had been killed and you, you woke up in a panic thinking, Christ, I don't even know where the seed beds <laughs> are? <laughs> yeah,
1: that, yeah, that came into it too.
0: Yeah. Now, I also remember, Mum, that there was one of many incidents, but uh, this one incident at our barns, down at our barns one night.
1: Yeah, you know, we we were very lucky. We had a lot of lucky escapes looking back on it. I remember we'd come back from the club, and I was asleep in the front seat. And we shouldn't have been out at night. No, anyway. Anyway, John got out to check his barns, because farmers had to check their barns. And he came back and sat in the car and he says, I don't know what's wrong with this barn boy. He's in a terrible state, he's shaking like a leaf. Anyway, we didn't think anything of it and we drove up the hill and went to bed. And it was only uh, uh, afterwards that we realized that as we drew up to the barns, there were about 10 terrorists hiding behind the woodpile. And God. this poor barn boy didn't know how to tell us because he was making funny gestures and things. And looking back, we we had quite a few lucky escapes.
0: But fascinating how we realised after the war how many times the terrorists used our farm as a sort of base, as they, a sort of R and R, didn't Absolutely,
1: they? and they knew exactly what we we're doing almost every.
0: And we were quite lucky, in then yes. because the farm was so wild, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's quite right. And then they
0: would skedaddle over to the next farm, hit them, and then come, come back, back to, to us ours. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: um, I, I think, uh, you know, we sh- we should sort of end off quite soon. But I, I just want to re- think, at the end of the war, there was this war for... T- I mean, pe- there were, People you know, were although war. we talk about camaraderie and, you know, all the excitement and um, all of that kind of th- thing, the the bottom line towards it because the war went on for seven yeah, years to... and it exhausted the farming community and people were war wary weren't that, they? that's the
1: exact word we were war wary in the end, just before the end I went to three funerals in one day
0: yeah, it was absolutely awful there was nothing um, good about it you know and when that when Mugabe finally came to power, I think people were just secretly oh. You know, relieved oh, that something yeah. had happened. Didn't mm. matter what, but something had happened. And we could at long last drive around without the thought of being ambushed every single right. day of our lives. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it must have been terrible for the women uh, looking what? after those children, especially oh, yeah. with little kids. Yeah. You know, it was better with us teenagers because we could load a gun and help. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm.
0: Mm. And we all slept with guns next yeah. to our beds. I you mean know, all of us For, for years and years. Yeah. Even Mandy... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, end up uh, on that, Mum. You know, it's really interesting talking about women at war. And I'll, you know, you never know. I'll probably come back with another topic at a later <laughs> stage. Okay. So thanks so much for for joining Conversations with Peter Wood. Okay.
1: Well, it brings back a lot of memories. And
0: it's so nice doing it here, not in situ, but here in Harare. You know, looking at your garden and the birds and everything yeah. like that. And yeah. you know, um, uh, so we'll we'll hear from you again, no doubt.
1: Okay,
0: bye. Thanks very much, Mum. Take Thanks. care. Well, that's about it. Thank you so much for listening to me. And remember, you can tune into my new episodes of Mud Between Your Toes via iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Blueberry, and Pocket Casts. Don't forget, you can always buy a copy of my book on both Amazon and Kindle. And I also welcome comments by email on mudbetweenyourtoes at gmail.com. If you want to get involved and you have a good story to tell about those years in Rhodesia, and if you're brave enough to be interviewed for Mud Between Your Toes, feel free to write to me. Goodbye.